Today, my guest is Gautam Kumar, a UIUC alum and experienced business strategist. How are you doing today, Gautam? Good, Jalen. How are you doing? Doing well. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Can you start by telling us a little bit about your professional career and educational background? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so I, I was an engineer by background, so uh, graduated from U of I in 2006 with a bachelor's and master's in computer science. Um, and then after I graduated, I um, did consulting for about six years. So went to um, McKinsey and Company, did consulting, uh, just general management consulting there for about six years. And then afterwards, um, started joining a few different tech companies. Um, there were sort of late stage startups or growth stage um, tech companies. Um, one was called Options House, uh, which was later sold to E-Trade. Um, and then the second one, the one that I met now is called Rocket Miles. Um, it's an online travel company. Um, we basically do uh, hotel bookings for um, where you can earn miles and, uh, and points um, to when you, whenever you book a hotel. Thanks for sharing your background, Gotham. It sounds amazing, by the way. It sounds like you have a plethora of experiences and have definitely learned a great amount along the way. Going back to your educational background, it looks like you began studying computer science during the birth of modern digital technology. Can you speak upon what that experience was like and ways you took initiative during that unique time? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I, I'd, I'd consider uh, the birth of the internet really to be in like 1969, so I'm aging a bit, but but not not quite that old. <laughs> um, but I, I would say, you know, it was I was in school during maybe the birth of like Facebook, for example, mm -hmm. or, or some some of these other newer tech companies. Um, that was uh, that was a new thing at the time. Um, I'd say, you know, you asked about like sort of initiative. Um, you know, like, f for example, for with Facebook, that was a new thing at the time, my master's thesis was actually about how to visualize complex networks. And so I actually did use um, Facebook's API, which was pretty rudimentary at the time to as input data for my thesis. Um, so I basically just created a cool visualization of my my social network at the time. Um, and so so I guess that was uh, that was one way of using what was what was new at the time on, on uh, something for school. Yeah, it's really amazing that you were able to work on social uh, network visualization, especially as early on as it was. Was that experience similar at all to how Facebook developed the newsfeed? Um, it was it was pretty different. Like at the time, it was really you just had a profile, and it was um, you know just for people on college campuses, um, and so it was a pretty closed network. Mm -hmm. uh, and you didn't really have a newsfeed. You had um, uh, you know you you did get updates on you know new pictures that your friends posted and things like that, but it wasn't it didn't look exactly like it does today. <laughs> um, it was more about like uh, you know, more about the actual network and connect a uh, number of connections that you have with uh, with different people. Gotcha. That sounds really impressive nonetheless, and it looks like it definitely impacted you in your college career. Can you speak about any other college experiences that have impacted you the most, whether that's a professor, organization, um, or any experience that comes to mind? Mm -hmm. um, I would say there, there's a couple things. One was... Um, after my freshman year, uh, I did a study abroad program, uh, and that is maybe something that stuck with me. So, so to be honest, like a lot of the classes were, you know, they 
I, I don't I don't necessarily use a lot of the classes that uh, that uh, that I took nowadays, but it was more just the extracurricular experiences that I had during uh, during U of I that's kind of stuck with me the most. Um, so, for example, the study abroad that I had it was maybe my first time um, traveling internationally since you know maybe I was ten years old or something, and so um, and I was traveling by myself with a group of friends to um, we went to China. Um, and that was, uh, that was a pretty cool experience because it kind of, uh, I, it felt like it opened up my eyes a little bit to, to, um, the rest of the world. Um, and I think I felt like that was a big reason I chose consulting afterwards was, you know, the ability to do more travel, um, and la later on in life, uh, joining a travel company. Um, so I, I feel like that might be, that might be one of the experiences that kind of made me, uh, passionate about travel. Yeah, I completely agree with you on study abroad. I think it's one of those experiences in college that you get um, where you actually get to go abroad, uh, to different countries um, and actually come back and pick up uh, your life like nothing ever changed. And so um, I definitely am looking forward to that um, later on in my college career as well. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, there's um, and and you meet such cool people, and you know you you know you still keep in touch with a lot of the people that I went to. Um, on that trip with um and it's uh you know it's just i i i feel like every college student should, should do a study abroad at some point you know definitely so it seems that study abroad has definitely been one of the most impactful experiences that opened your eyes um, to several other industries what other networking groups or professional development activities did you participate in college to further your interest in business finance and consulting given you didn't actually study business but actually computer science yeah, yeah. So th there was um, there was a few groups. Uh, the first one that I joined was actually OTCR. So it's a you know uh, you're, you're familiar with it. You know consulting group within U of I, um, and that was that was um, a good way to kind of get exposed to consulting and um, and how to do client service and how to you know do do sort of market research and do um, you know create a presentation and um, all, all of that so that was that was one group that kind of got me a little bit more that got my feet wet I guess um, and then I really didn't um, you know when I was graduating about the last you know last year and a half that I was at school really during grad school um, I found this company called Illinois Ventures um, they're a venture capital firm uh, that specialize in commercializing university research projects into into startups, um, and I joined them as an analyst, and um, that was actually what got me sort of most interested in business and finance careers. And so, when I when I was graduating, um, they you know that's when I started applying to consulting firms and investment banks and, and those sorts of places. Yeah, that's really awesome to hear that a lot of the organizations we still actually have here on campus drove you um, and influenced your career decision. With that said, what specifically drove you to consulting rather than pursuing a role in the rising tech industry? Uh, yeah, so, so I, you know, when I finished, I, um, you know, applied to a few different types of jobs. One, you know, I, I applied to investment banks, consulting firms, and, um, and more traditional software engineering jobs. Um, and, you know, really uh, just when I was evaluating those kinds of options, um, you know, I I think it was 
more that consulting was great for people who didn't know what they eventually wanted to do. Um, and I, uh, I was definitely in that boat where I really didn't know uh, what I wanted to do. Uh, you know, I, you know, if you join banking, you kind of are, you know, a finance person. If you join an engineering company, you kind of, you know, get uh, a, a little bit more focused on, um, you know, an engineering career. And I really didn't know if I wanted to do any of those. Um, and so, uh, so one, so consulting was a good place to start, um, where it gives you like su super broad exposure to a lot of different in industries and functions, um, and also locations around the world. Um, and that was, I think, what, what drew me to it. Um, and then I, my, my plan was always, you know, I was, I was going to do consulting for a couple years. And then go back to business school, figure out what I was going to do after that. Um, but I ended up staying in consulting for a lot longer than I thought I would, um, you know, and was there sort of, you know, six years or, or so uh, before I before I moved on and never actually went back to business school. So um, so that was, you know, that was just kind of how it worked itself out. But um, I think it was more I joined consulting more because I just didn't know uh know what I wanted to be eventually. <laughs> yeah, I really like the point that you made about how consulting offers you a wide exposure of experiences and industries um, in a very short amount of time. Um, I completely agree with that. And I think, you know, somebody who also is unsure of where they want to take their future career after college, um, I think that's definitely a great route um, to consider for a lot of people who are looking to get that wide exposure um, at such a fast paced environment. To learn a little bit more about what life as a consultant is like, can you talk about your experience at McKinsey, what you learned from it, and how it's influenced the remainder of your career? Yeah, um, you, you know, it was it was a great experience. We uh, it, it gave me experiences that I wouldn't have had at any, at any other job, and that um, you know was able to work in an automotive company and a bank and a hedge fund and an insurance company and a pharmaceutical company and a retail company, like all, all sorts of industries um, in, in a pretty short period of time uh, that I wouldn't have been able to do at other, you know, careers. So, so got, uh, was able to essentially get my feet wet in a lot of different, different industries. Um, and also functionally, it was pretty uh, diverse as well. Um, we were doing sort of you know, organization studies and corporate finance and marketing and um, strategy and operations. So it was it um, exposed me to a lot of different areas and how a company runs. Um, and so it was a pretty good training ground for later because, you know, when I when I joined these sort of um, growth stage tech companies and late stage startups, you end up having to wear a lot of hats. Uh, and it was good to have sort of a really broad uh, experience beforehand because you, you ended up, you know, learning about a lot of other functions and were able to, to um, contribute, uh, you know, in, in multiple functions, um, which you kind of need to in those smaller companies. Um, and so that was, I thought that was great. And, and then I think um, there's also just like a baseline um, set of like problem solving skills and you know, uh, presentation skills that I got at McKinsey that was, that was just good training for a business career later on, regardless of where you go. Um, so, you know, how to, how to break down a problem into logical parts and, 
analyze each one and um, you know how to do uh, quantitative analysis and also how to do like you know make decks and <laughs> and do presentations that sort of thing. Yeah, it definitely sounds that working at one of the top-notch consulting firms definitely provided direction for you in terms of where you want to take your career moving past consulting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like because of your experience with OTCR and Ventures at UAUC, you began your post-college career in consulting. After spending a few years in the consulting work with McKinsey & Company, you went to Options House. What encouraged you to transition into other roles, including your current roles at Rocket Miles? Yeah, so um, so like I mentioned, I, I kind of you know stayed in consulting a lot longer than I thought I was going to. Um, but then and then I got to basically the point of no return for for consultants, um, where the next couple years is going to be making this big commitment to becoming a partner. And um, you know what was it was my first job at the time. I really wanted to um, you know get actual sort of operational experience, like own, own a, um, a part of a company and, and help grow something uh, for longer than I was able to at, 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 in consulting where, you know, I you know, wanted to stay longer than the three to four months that you normally spend on a consulting project. Um, and so, uh, you know, I started exploring a few different paths at that point. Um, and I was drawn to smaller companies. Um, you know, the most of the, the clients that I did that I served at McKinsey were these Fortune 500 companies, and um, you know that was great because you kind of learn how big businesses work. But you know, if you end up joining one afterwards, you're kind of doing a very specialized function in a you know a specialized um, you, you know a little bit more uh, siloed than than you would at a at a small company where you end up wearing a lot of different hats just out of necessity because they don't have all the people um in those specialized roles yet um and so i i started looking specifically at sort of late stage startups and growth stage companies um and and found options house that way um and that was you know that was a a great experience on its own was was um pretty cool experience right out of consulting to kind of use a lot of the a lot of what I learned in consulting and being sort of an I guess an internal consultant for a for a, a small company where you end up working on you know uh, marketing and finance and uh, you know growth strategy and operations and you know applying a lot of what you learned to an actual company um, but um, but also had had sort of um, you know was, was lucky enough to have a good team, be part of a good team, and um, be part of a successful company at that at that point. Yeah, I find a lot of value in the way you structured your approach around how you wanted to carve out your own career post working in consulting. Um, and it's actually even more impressive that you were able to, once you were at those companies, grow those companies from the stage that they were at um, to something even bigger and different. Yeah, 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 uh, um, yeah. That's right. I, I think, and I, you know, I think a part of it was was definitely, you know, helpful from what I learned at, at McKinsey, but a lot of it is just, um, you know, picking the right teammates and um, picking the right uh, type of company to, to join um, and, and being at the right place at the right time, I guess, for, for, for certain companies. Yeah, certainly. It sounds like your experience at both of your prior companies were instrumental um, in your development as a business leader um, in transforming companies. On the topic of transforming companies, 
um, you know, you also transformed your current role, which is the CFO at Rocket Miles. Can you briefly tell us about what Rocket Miles does as a huge travel company, what drives you in your work, and how your organization stands out amongst the competition? Uh, sure, yeah. So Rocket Miles, um, it started off as uh, rocketmiles.com, um, where we were a site that allows um, you know frequent travelers to earn miles or uh, points from their favorite loyalty program um, whenever they book a hotel. Um, so for example, if you're, you know, if you're a consultant and you're going to, um, you know, uh, you know, you're taking a flight every week and staying at a hotel every week, um, right now you get points for those flights, but don't get points for those hotels. Um, and so you, you end up uh, earning miles um, a lot faster and a lot more than you would otherwise. Um, so it's essentially, you know, a better deal for, for sort of frequent travelers. Um, so that's how it started. Uh, now we've actually expanded into, um, you know, the majority of our company at this point is um, a white label company. So essentially we make uh, uh, white plat hotel platforms for airlines and other large partners. Um, so for example, if you go to southwest.com and click on the hotels tab, it's a uh, branded as Southwest Hotels, but it's powered by Rocket Miles and and our sister company Booking.com. Um, and so we do that for Southwest, American Airlines, Alaska Airlines, um, and now some non-airlines like like T-Mobile, um, and and you know lo lots of other partners around the world. Um, and we have uh, we basically offer like a, a more rewarding place to book a hotel, so you can either earn uh, miles or points. Um, a lot more than you would at another travel company, but also um, you, or you could also earn uh, larger discounts than you would elsewhere. Um, so we've kind of branched out from from our roots. Yeah, Rocket Miles' platform is very unique. I can personally say that I've used Rocket Miles before, and it's definitely a game changer when deciding um, the destination you want to book um, and even the rewards that you can receive um, in return. Now that we've been on the subject of expanding and growing your company, let's talk a little bit more about it, specifically how growing and expanding a company is definitely not an easy task or even an overnight task. What are some unexpected obstacles you've had to face when trying to grow Rocket Miles? Mm -hmm. Well, it's probably this year. Uh, you know, 2020 was about as unexpected as you could get. Um, I, I, you know, work in an online travel company and, um, you know, I didn't at the beginning of the year. I didn't think I'd be trying to steer it through a, a you know pandemic where literally like travel was illegal for mm -hmm. um, for a few months and um, and that was a that was a pretty big challenge. And so um, you know uh, for for us we were obviously hit hit pretty bad. But um, and and it was definitely something unexpected from even just ten months ago. But um, you know we got thrown something and looking back I, I kind of learned a lot and uh and i feel like any job after this is going to be going to be much easier and, and feel like a piece of cake if, if we can get through this so um so i think we, we were we're still recovering but um recovered m much uh you know pr pretty well and uh you know have seen our business grow a lot faster than other um you know people in our in our industry and so um you know feel pretty good about you know, when uh, when people do return to travel next year. Yeah, this year has definitely 
shaken up a lot of people's lives, um, businesses, and you know we look forward to where we can kind of grow from this opportunity and uh, prevent you know future occurrences from happening. So given that Rocket Miles' business actually relies on customers traveling and booking hotels, do you envision the future of travel to be different post-COVID-19? Yeah, I, th- I think some things are definitely going to be um, different, um, you, you know, m- maybe more permanently. Um, and I think, like, for for example, um, business travel uh, is probably going to be different, right? Like, you know, people nowadays have been used to working from home and, you know, using Zoom and, I think I think that's not necessarily going away after uh, after COVID. Um, so so I think business travel is probably going to be different. Um, but I do think like you know the the general uh, you know need for people to want to visit um, other places or or see people in other places, and you know you can't really replace like sort of you know. Uh, breaking bread with someone, um, uh, you know, live in person. Um, and so I think that that won't go away. Like people are probably going to start traveling again as soon as they're, they're able to. Um, it just might be a, maybe a different set of locations or a different set of people that are traveling or, or a different set of, um, you know, uh, places that they stay than, than uh, pre-COVID. On the topic about the future of travel, where do you see Rocket Miles heading in the next few years, and what have you learned from working in this space? So Rocket Miles, I, I see, you know, it, it has a lot of um, potential, especially now, uh, just because of, uh, you know, what's happened in the competitive landscape, but, uh, you know, also, like, our, our pipeline is pretty strong for um, sort of new partners that are interested in, in, um, in you know, developing a bespoke hotel platform for themselves. Um, and so we're, we're I, I feel like it's going to continue to, we're, we're going to continue to add some pretty, pretty large partners um, and kind of branch out from, you know, um, from airlines to other sorts of industries like financial services and retail and sort of other things like that. Um, and so it'll probably, you know, keep, keep growing as sort of this um, in, in sort of, but but focused in this white label hotel platform space. Um, so I think o- overall, it's, you know, uh, like lo- lots of bright things ahead for, for the company. Yeah, I completely agree with you in terms of expanding and updating your partners. You know, as the, you know, customer base for frequent flyers um, is going to change in the future, whether that be because of COVID-19 um, or the generational shift, um, it's great to see that you guys are planning for that as well. Now, for students who might be considering a similar career to you, what do you think the most important skills are for success in your field? I would say one is being proactive is is something that I'd say is a is a skill that is um, that's kind of needed, and especially if you join end up joining a, a younger, um, you know, late a startup or a growth stage company, um, you know, being able to to um, create work for yourself rather than um, wait for work uh, is kind of kind of a, a, a major skill that's that's super that's super important I think um, and like you know being proactive about things that you you think um, need to be done but no one's done yet um, and just kind of like chasing it down and, and doing it um, so I think that that's um, that's something that's uh, that's 
you know, important for anywhere really, but especially like these, um, the sort of growth stage companies. Um, and then I think also just being able to do, um, being able to have sort of, uh, thoughtful or analytical problem solving is, is important for, um, the specific functions that I'm in, like, like a finance role, for example, um, where, where you you need to, um, you, you kind of have a, a business problem that might be a little vague and no one's done, you know, any analysis behind it, but actually trying to break it down and make assumptions and, uh, you know, uh, you know, do scenario modeling and analysis and, and those sorts of things to, to help make a decision for, for people. Um, and, and be able to tell a story around it. Um, so kind of bridging the gap between storytelling and, and analysis, um, is, uh, is also important too. So I, I'd say like, you know, uh, in, in terms of the, what's important for the type of company, I'd say being proactive is probably most important and what's important for a career in, in finance or, or, um, or management. It's, it's definitely, um, being able to, break a, a problem down into its analytical parts and, and figure it out from there. Yeah, I really like that answer because, you know, one of the goals here on our podcast and the members who we bring on um, is to showcase that regardless of what you study um, in college, the career path you can take um, is limitless. Um, and that, you know, I think you're a prime example of how what you studied in college definitely shaped your mindset and how you go about solving problems. Um, as well as like you mentioned about that proactiveness. Um, but you know, having that transferable skill set will literally take you anywhere. Um, as long as you, you know, have a plan and you set your goals and uh, aspirations to that. Yeah, 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 that's right. And I, and I think actually like, you know, even in, even an engineering set, um, skill set, you know, is, is actually pretty great for, for those types of things too. Um, if you think about like how, uh, you know, what, what you're learning in engineering classes, it's, it's often about, you know, uh, breaking down, uh, problems into, into parts and component to, uh, you know, creating components out of it and, um, and then, and then putting it together, uh, like it's like a kind of putting a puzzle together. Um, and it's, it's the same sort of skills that's, that's, um, that's needed for, uh, business problems as well. Exactly. Well, thank you for taking us along a journey throughout your educational and professional background. On more of a personal note, what do you enjoy doing outside of work, and where can people find you on a Saturday night? Uh, the, well, these days, it's, it's Saturday nights look, feel like every other night, <laughs> just sitting at home with, uh, with, my, with my kid, really. Um, and uh, I would say, you know, outside of work, I like, um, I play guitar, so I'm in a uh, a band with a few um, colleagues of mine, uh, and we we've started sort of recording little videos of uh, of us, um, you know, playing different different instruments and then combining it together. Um, so I enjoy that. Um, I ru I run a good amount. So I, I used to do like marathons, but I haven't had the courage to do another marathon for for a few years now. But um, but I st I still run uh, for fun. And then, um, and then outside of that, you know, I have a two-year-old, so um, he he takes up most of most of life, <laughs> um, just uh, just spending time with him and uh, and uh, you know help you know playing games and puzzles and things like that with him. 
Yeah, it's great to hear about your musical aspirations. Um, I play the violin, um, and I can also uh, relate to the family experience as I have a lot of younger siblings myself. Going back to general advice, if you can go back to the beginning of your professional career, what advice would you give your younger self? You know, something that I didn't know when I was graduating college, I was making this permanent decision about what, you know, where, what job you take after college just felt so permanent, like I was going to retire um, in whatever job I took. And I would tell myself like not to, uh, not to get so stressed out about that. Um, you know, and, and like, for example, like not getting into a, a company that I thought was interesting was like devastating back then. But, um, but it was, you know, like life kind of works itself out. And, um, and I wish that I knew that like, you know, career, a career is kind of an evolution. Um, like, you know, my, most people don't end up doing what their majors, um, what they studied for in college. Uh, like my, my roommate in college was a journalism major and he's a software developer now. Um, wow. and I was, a, I was a computer science person and I ended up working in business and don't, don't code anymore. And so, and, and I bet, and I hope that like 10 years from now I'm doing, um, something pretty different than, than I am now. Um, so I, I'd say, you know, you end up finding, uh, you know, a, a different role, uh, every, you know, as, as life goes on. And, um, and I feel like, you know, you end up like taking jobs that are, uh, that are interesting or, or that are, uh, you know, interesting at different part, parts of your life, um, that may not have been as interesting earlier. Um, so I think it's just, uh, it's just an evolution and, um, not to get too, um, too worried about, you know, uh, about your first job. Yeah, you know, as I approach the halfway mark through my college career, I can definitely say I've noticed that as well. I would say, you know, the, the initial goals and plans I had coming in to U of I um, are completely different right now, and they'll probably be completely different by the time I graduate. And so I really like that point that you hit on, you know, that process of evolution and learning um, and journey along the process. So definitely thank you for sharing that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's right. You know, someone someone showed me this like Venn diagram. Um, like, it, you know, uh, of course, leave it to me to like think about like a chart that kind of like uh, that I use a lot. But but it, I thought it was pretty useful. Um, it was basically like this Venn diagram that showed you know there's three circles and one circle was um, what you're good at. Another circle was uh, what. Uh, um, let's see, what you like to do. And then another circle was what makes money. Um, and, you know, ideally, your your job, your ideal job is kind of in the center of all three of those circles. Um, but if I look back, like I've had jobs in pretty much every combination of those three, um, you know, at all different plots on that on that diagram. And, um, and all you all I was doing, I felt like was trying to choose a next step that kind of gets you closer to the center of that circle, um, or, or that diagram. And so, um, I, th I think, you know, that, that might be a helpful way to think about it is like, you you, you may start with, with, um, you know, try to choose the, the job that, that like 
helps um, helps get you to the to the center and and um, don't be afraid to change that over time if, if you realize it's not quite where where you thought it was going to be. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's perfect advice. I want to go back to something you quickly mentioned before. You mentioned that you hope maybe in ten years um, you might be working on concept, something completely different than what you are your you know your current role. Um, I see that you're also an angel investor. Um, can you talk a little bit about what got you into private equity, venture capital, um, and you know how you plan to move forward in this? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's always been um, you know in investing the investing side's always been of interest to me. Like um, even starting with you, you know at U of I with um, working at Illinois Ventures, um, it was. It was it was always uh, you know something that was intriguing to me and I think um, uh, you know when now nowadays I, I do do um, some small sort of investments in in ver- various startups and um, I just think it's a it's um, it's a way to get involved in a company pretty early on um, you know uh, make bets on on the people the, the people that are starting it and uh, the the target market and the um, sort of the, the potential of a company um, without having to, you know, wor- work, uh, you know, you can kind of only put all all your work effort into one company at a time, but um, investing allows you to kind of um, get involved in multiple. Um, and so uh, at the same time, and so so I f- feel like that was kind of why why I started doing that. Awesome. Thank you for sharing a little bit about that, Gautam. Now, one last question for you. What are your hopes for the future? Do you have any specific goals, either professional or personal, that you are looking forward to working on next in your career? Um, you know, work-wise, lot, lots of different things going on. Um, I would love to, you know, uh, you know, keep helping uh, Rocket kind of get to, you know, recover completely and get to a place where, um, where you know, like I'm not needed anymore, um, and and then I'd move on to another company, hopefully, and and uh, you know help help grow them. Um, so you know, I I think I I like like lots of different um, places to go, and and I feel like I'm you know I'm energized um, by by sort of all the all the um, growth tech companies that are that are out there nowadays. Um, personally, you know, from from a personal side, I, I feel like I've, I'm focusing a little bit more energy on sort of extracurriculars these days. Um, so, one, for example, there's this volunteer experience that I picked up more more recently um, that I'm excited about getting more involved in, and it's working with a high school called um, Chicago Tech Academy. Um, they're a school that helps um, connect students from sort of underprivileged communities in Chicago with um, with careers in tech and entrepreneurship. Um, and, and, you know, the goal being that the next generation of sort of tech leaders are, are more diverse than the ones that, that I'm part of or the, the last one. Um, and so I feel like that, that's a, that's a cause I'm more excited about and, uh, you know, hopefully a project I can put a lo- little bit more energy into, um, for the next few years. Well, Gautam, thank you for joining us on the Illini Blueprint and taking the time to share your thoughts with us. Your experiences and perspectives have truly been invaluable, and we want to thank you for providing direction and guidance for students at U of I. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks so much, Jalen. Appreciate it.